0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome along to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. You are listening to Rosie. And of course, it's Christmas time. I hope you are having a lovely festive time. And of course, here on the Saturday Splash, we like to talk about nature, all things nature. And one of our favourite topics is dinosaurs. And we thought what we'd do is we take dinosaurs and we take Christmas and we try and smoosh them together and do a Christmas dinosaur episode because that's exactly what everyone wants. And of course, to help us, we're going to need someone to help us out. We've always got an expert or someone to guide us. And I'm very pleased to say we've got one of our friends of the show, paleontologist Kieran is back, everyone. Hi, Kieran.
1: Hi, Rosie. Good morning and Merry Christmas.
0: Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. Now, Kieran, if if our listeners haven't heard you on our show before, can you remind everyone, what is your very, very cool job?
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I work at the Natural History Museum uh, in a lab in the paleontology building uh, where I'm the fossil preparator Uh, That means my job is to remove some of or all of the rock from around the fossils so they can be seen uh, and then either put on display or used for research. And there's all sorts of tools and techniques I can use to do that, from uh, hitting them with a hammer and chisel um, to using acids to carefully dissolve the rock from around the fossil. It's a really great job, but it does need a lot of patience.
0: What is your favourite type of way to prepare the fossils? You use some quite interesting tools sometimes, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favourite is probably the air pen. It's like a sort of tiny pneumatic drill that you hold in your hand, like a pen, and you can uh, very carefully use that to chisel away the rock. Uh, It's really nice because it is kind of like um, drawing with a pencil, which I also enjoy. So that's my favourite tool, I think.
0: That's really, really cool. And is it just dinosaurs that you work on? I guess there's loads of other fossils that you might see.
1: Yeah, I work on all sorts of fossils um, from invertebrates, uh, like a sort of sea creatures like crinoids and starfish um to yeah all sorts of things mammals fish just pretty much everything in the collection um dinosaurs do take up quite a lot of my work though because they we have a really good collection in the museum they take a lot of prep work and um, so um yeah dinosaurs are probably more than half of my workload at the moment wow. which is fine with me
0: i imagine there's loads of people out there who absolutely love dinosaurs that go what a cool job is that to be I guess, essentially working with millions of years old dinosaur fossils every day, helping to prepare them so you can learn more about those fossils.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's my dream job and I love it.
0: Do you have a favourite dinosaur? Uh,
1: yes, I think my favourite dinosaur is probably Cinosauropteryx.
0: Okay, I don't think I've heard of that one before.
1: Um, it's a small Chinese dinosaur with feathers.
0: Uh huh. Okay. And um,
1: it's my favourite dinosaur because um, when I was a kid, I was always told, Unfortunately, we'll never know what color dinosaurs were. All right. And um, that always made me a bit sad. And then they discovered Sinosuropteryx, and I think about 1996. And it was the first time we ever managed to find out what color a dinosaur was because it was so well preserved that the the cells containing the pigment in the feathers had preserved. And although they they don't have color anymore, you can tell by what shape those cells were, what color the feathers would have been. And not only that, but it was really interesting. All the colors that we know the shape of were all there. So the whites, grays, blacks, rusty reds, and it had all these colors on it. So this was a colorful dinosaur. So it was really cool not only to find out that dinosaurs were, you know, we can actually figure out what color they were, but also that they were colorful. I thought that makes it brings them so much more to life in my mind.
0: Colorful like a Christmas tree, perhaps?
1: Yes, good link, nice.
0: Good link indeed, because of course today, we I've, I've told everyone, we're talking about Christmas dinosaurs and I've got to say this is one of the trickiest shows that I've put together because I came up with the idea, right, Christmas dinosaurs, there's got to be something and there actually really isn't much out there on Christmas dinosaurs, of course, so I've got an idea and Kieran, I wonder if you can help us, I think what we could do is take a few different kind of like Christmassy traditions or even just winter traditions and have a think about if any dinosaurs might have been able to do those traditions as well. I know it's not quite so scientific, but do you reckon you can help us with that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, let's see what we can do.
0: Now, I, you know, we can't dive into that without, um, of course, a good old Christmas cracker joke. So just to start us off, I've got a few of these. I hope you're ready. Kieran, mm-hmm. what do you call a dinosaur who is a noisy sleeper?
1: I don't know what do you call a dinosaur who's a noisy sleeper.
0: A Tyrannosnorus. Oh. No.
1: Yeah, starting off on a on a bad one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, the, the show can only go up from there, I imagine. Okay, so Kieran, we're gonna take a few different um a few different Christmas traditions and have a little think about if any of the dinosaurs that were alive millions of years ago um could have been any good at them. And the first Christmas tradition that I'm gonna choose is going ice skating, or I'll widen it out a little bit, going ice skating or making a snowman. Because we've actually had snow already, haven't we, for this Christmas? Mm. There's been loads of snow. Were Let's first of all start with that. Were there any dinosaurs that even lived in cold places? Because I think there were reptiles, right? So they probably needed it to be really hot. Would any be in the snow?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question, because certainly in the old days we would have said, Uh, The world was a lot hotter back then The dinosaurs like it in hot tropical conditions. But um, surprisingly, we now know dinosaurs did live in the Arctic. Really? Um, The best place to find Arctic dinosaurs and the furthest north the dinosaurs have been found is in Alaska. Uh, There's a place there called Prince Creek Formation in Alaska where the fossils are around 70 million years old. That's the late Cretaceous period.
0: So that was not long before the dinosaurs started to go extinct.
1: Yeah, right towards the end of the time of the dinosaurs. And although Alaska was a bit warmer back then than it is now, it was still very cold and it was also further north because the land has moved around a bit over time. Yeah. Uh, And Although there were no ice caps at the North or South Poles in the Cretaceous, uh, there would have been snow in winter and in Alaska there would have been three months of darkness. (gasps) So we're talking about quite a cold and very dark place and various types of dinosaurs have been found there from horns, dinosaurs, duck-billed dinosaurs, small meat eaters and even a mid-sized tyrannosaur which has been named Nanoksaurus. And Nanok is the native Alaskan word for polar bear, which is a nice name. Really uh, but cool. as you said, it is surprising because modern reptiles like uh, snakes, lizards, tortoises, crocodiles, don't like the cold at all. They, they, they're they cold-blooded, so they need sunlight to, to keep them warm. Uh, even though those animals were all around at the time of the dinosaurs, uh, no fossils of them have been found with the Alaskan dinosaurs and this suggests that these dinosaurs, at least and maybe all dinosaurs, were actually warm blooded.
0: Oh, that's, OK, that's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? When we learn about warm blooded animals today, we tend to think of mammals. We've, we definitely think of mammals as warm blooded. I don't think I would necessarily think of reptiles as having warm blood. In fact, I think sometimes we put them in the cold blood category, wouldn't we?
1: Yeah. But then when you think about birds, for example, we now know birds. Have evolved from dinosaurs and birds, so warm blooded like mammals, too. So, at some point, that change did happen. Uh, whether it was uh, among the same with all dinosaurs, and whether different dinosaurs were different, we don't know. Um, so, we originally thought that um, these Arctic dinosaurs only lived there during the warmer months and maybe migrated away when it got cold. Uh, but now, um, eggs and babies have been found there as well. So, it seems very likely that the dinosaurs are living there the whole year round.
0: That's amazing. Okay, so we've got these areas in, did you say Alaska? Hmm. So it's not exactly where Alaska is on the globe today because the continents have moved around, but it was still a, a, it was still cold there. We know it was cold there at that time, and, and
1: it was closer to the North Pole than it is now.
0: Oh wow! And we know that there would have been snow and ice, and you know even you said three months a year it would have been quite dark, and there's dinosaur fossils that were living you know, fossils from that time of dinosaurs. So dinosaurs did live in the snow.
1: Yeah, and they would have had to have some adaptations probably to help them survive in the cold. Woolly um, hat? hats?
0: Sorry?
1: Woolly hats? <laughs> Woolly hats, yes, maybe. Or uh, well, certainly some of them might have had feathers to keep them warm. That's probably um, so, a
0: more sensible
1: suggestion. <laughs> yeah, some of them might have burrowed, which we might talk about later. Um, there's also evidence that arctic dinosaurs actually slowed down their growth during the winter season to get by on less. Uh, we can see that if we look inside the bones, um, they show what we call lags which stands for lines of arrested growth and this is a lot like looking at tree rings that's
0: what i was thinking yeah. obviously you're saying it yeah like lines exactly of red yeah
1: red and green. that shows where the uh, animal stopped growing for a bit so it could survive with less food and uh, if we can link it back to christmas there's another animal that does that today and that's the reindeer oh, Really? They eat a lot during the summer and then knowing that they're well there's not enough food not as much food in the winter so they slow down their growth much more And that means they don't need to eat as much when there isn't that much food available.
0: Wow, Kieran, you have really like understood the assignment here. (laughs) Dinosaurs. So living in cold places, probably not making a snowman or going ice skating, though.
1: Probably not. Um, If we have one (laughs) candidate that might have been smart enough to do that, that would be the Arctic dinosaur Trudon.
0: Trudon
1: Trudon is a smallish feathered dinosaur. Uh, It's famous for having a big brain. So maybe it's clever enough to Here's some of the things that we're hoping we, we <laughs> get our dinosaurs are doing. Um, but uh, it also had really big eyes and that probably helped to hunt in the dark which is very very useful when you live in a place where the sun doesn't come up for three months.
0: Wow what a great adaptation as well, really big eyes help you see in those dark arctic winter wintry conditions. Wow I am so impressed actually, I thought it was just going to be a no not really they would <laughs> not survive. That's amazing. Is there anything else we need to know about these arctic dinosaurs?
1: Um, that's about all I can think of. There was also some dinosaurs at the south pole as well um, in Antarctica, Although Antarctica was a bit more tropical back then than it was. I was actually joined onto to Australia, um, but again it would have been cold and dark at times.
0: They would have had an Australian Christmas on the beach perhaps.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: Uh, the funny thing is we don't see any
1: sauropods of the long-necked plant-eating dinosaurs, uh, either north or south polar regions. So maybe sauropods didn't like the cold, we don't know.
0: I guess just like when you were saying earlier, when you were a kid, we there were questions, we were like, well, we'd never know what color dinosaurs were. Maybe there are things like that now that we don't know the answer to that listeners who are listening along might grow up and investigate and find out the answer themselves. Absolutely,
1: yeah, there's still loads to find out.
0: Loads to find out and loads more dinosaur Christmas traditions we're gonna be talking about. Um, coming up next, we're gonna be talking about getting a Christmas tree any dinosaurs have been able to do that but first of all let's hear some music hello welcome back to Riverside Radio you're listening to Rosie on the Saturday Splash I've got to say the award-winning Saturday Splash I don't think I'll ever get bored of saying that um, and today we're of course celebrating Christmas still we still got Kieran with us hi Kieran
1: Hi, Rosie, and congratulations on your awards.
0: Oh, thank you. Sorry, I had to throw it in there. Had to. Um, Now, Kieran, you've been helping us with Christmas dinosaurs today, and I've got to say, I'm so impressed. I I didn't think there would be a huge amount for us to talk about, but you've done a lot of research on this. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. So we've learned that uh, Christmas trees that dinosaurs would have lived in quite cold places well at least some of them um in areas where there might have been snow perhaps not quite going ice skating or making a snowman but definitely living in snowy icy conditions a little bit like some of us in the uk recently but my next christmas or wintry tradition that i've got kieran i want to know if dinosaurs would have been any good at is getting a christmas tree like going out chopping down a Christmas tree, or maybe digging up a Christmas tree, would any dinosaurs been any good? At, were there even any Christmas tree? Um, maybe not. The trees might have been different then.
1: Oh well, they've got good news for you there because the types of trees that we use uh, as Christmas trees are all types of conifer trees, like, yeah. like firs, spruces, pines. They were all around at the time of the dinosaurs. Oh, wow, they they At least 140 million years. So, if dinosaurs have wanted to make a Christmas tree, the right kind of tree would have been very easy to find.
0: I love that. Okay, brilliant. Okay, that's tick. So the trees were present. Would that? I guess they wouldn't have cared too much. But if they had, have wanted to get themselves a Christmas tree, any which dinosaur would I, you know, select from the squad to help me with that?
1: That's a good question. Okay, so yeah, we're theoretically put put a team together, uh, and I reckon we would need. If you're looking for a dinosaur to dig up a tree, uh, we know that at least some dinosaurs did dig. So you could maybe use a small dinosaur called Auryctodromias. Auryctodromias. Uh, we know
0: Oryctodromeus.
1: Oryctodromeus, yeah, it's oh. found in Montana. And it's a really interesting fossil because it was found fossilized inside a burrow. Um, yeah. So it's the first dinosaur that's been found that was definitely digging burrows, uh, maybe to keep themselves warm, maybe to protect themselves from bad weather or predators. Um, and since the burrow contained one adult and two young dinosaurs, it suggests these dinosaurs were caring for their young as well.
0: That's interesting because you don't, you, we know that mammal animals like uh whales and dogs and cats they care for their babies, but that's not necessarily something we see in other animals like reptiles,
1: yeah. But uh, yeah, it could have been the case that these dinosaurs were, they were doing that. Uh, the Orectodromius also had um strong arms and shoulders, and that might have helped it dig these burrows as well. So, yeah, Eryctodromius, a digger,
0: okay, good. Okay, so we got a if if you know we had to choose. Eryctodromeus could help us potentially dig up a tree. Anyone else we might want to, you know, give a hand out or are the rest not going to be super great at that?
1: Hmm. Uh, maybe if you needed someone to trim the tree, uh, maybe Iguanodon could help. Uh, that's the the plant-eating dinosaur with the spike on its hands. It looks yep. like it's giving a thumbs up. Uh, one suggestion for the thumb spike, it, what it was used for, is it was used to strip off bark from trees, much like elephants sometimes use their tusks for so maybe Iguanodon could trim the tree a little bit. Probably the one you wouldn't want around is Diplodocus. Um, oh. if, you, if you've if you seen a, a Diplodocus, you might be able to picture that lovely bucktooth grin. They've got these long sort of peg-like splayed teeth.
0: Because they're um, the ones with the really long necks, really long tails. But then they've got like a relatively small head at the end of that neck, haven't they?
1: Yeah. And the idea is that maybe they're using that long neck and these little head and these peg-like teeth to just strip all the leaves off of the branches on a tree.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, that's not what you want. OK, so the Diplodocuses maybe perhaps we won't ask for their help, but the iguanodon might help to like trim it, trim it down to size, get it in the living room. Um, OK, all right. Well, Kieran, I don't want to go on too much further without asking you another Christmas cracker joke. All right, hit me with it. What do you get if you cross a dinosaur with a pig?
1: I don't know. What do you get if you get across a dinosaur with a pig?
0: Jurassic pork. Oh, okay. That's better. That's better. Okay, okay good. All right. Warmed up. Okay. All right. So it doesn't sound like the the Christmas tree was really up the dinosaur's street. So I've got another mm. another kind of Christmas, you know, some might some of the dinosaurs might have been able to help us with it. But I've got another Christmas tradition. That I actually think this this could work out. Okay. um, I don't know if anyone still does this anymore, but when I was younger... I'd be at home, someone would ring the doorbell, and actually, we would have Christmas carolers that went around our area. I haven't seen them in ages, but I know it is a Christmassy tradition. You see them sometimes in the high street, don't you, these days? Would any dinosaurs have been any good at caroling, at singing? I don't know.
1: Could dinosaur sing is an excellent question. Uh, and it's a bit of a mystery because we don't know a lot about what sounds dinosaurs made. Uh, but a good way to get clues about what dinosaurs were like is to look at their modern day relatives, and that's the birds and the crocodiles. Okay. Uh, and um, the reason we do that is, is because uh, if there's a feature that both birds and crocodiles had, it's likely that dinosaurs have it too. Uh, but the problem here, though, is that birds and crocodiles make sounds in completely different ways. Crocodiles like us have a larynx, what we sometimes call the voice box, and that's what they use to make their sounds with. Uh, and they make a variety of noises with it, including squeaking, grunting, growling, and hissing. Um, but <laughs> Can't ima- other-
0: imagine a squeaking crocodile. Oh, yeah. The
1: baby crocodiles make the most adorable sort of peeping noise. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, but birds, on the other hand, actually use a completely different organ uh, called the syrinx, also in their throat. And this makes, lets them make complicated sounds like singing. Right. And they can actually make two different sounds at the same time. It's, it's that advanced. Oh, wow. And although the syrinx is a small and delicate organ, it does fossilize sometimes, but it's never been found in a non bird dinosaur. Oh. So probably dinosaurs couldn't sing. Um, a paleontologist called Julia Clark over in Texas has done a lot of work on this. And she thinks that dinosaurs most likely made what we call closed mouth vocalization. Uh, this is where the animal keeps the mouth closed and makes sounds with a throat pouch. And they can do this to make uh, deep booming, cooing, or hooting sounds. And this makes a lot of sense because actually both birds and crocodiles can make closed mouth vocalization. Uh, and the, generally the bigger the animal, the deeper the boom they can make. So giant long neck sauropods might've made sounds so deep that we humans wouldn't have been even able to hear them if we'd been around. If you go on to the sort of possible idea of the sounds that the dinosaurs might've made, um, maybe listen to a cassowary, that's a sort of flightless bird, uh, or an ostrich if you've ever heard an ostrich booming. Uh, they all make, all make these interesting, deep rumbling or boom, booming or sort of hooting, cooing sounds, and something quite surprising if you've not heard them before.
0: Well, one thing I'm hearing is that there wouldn't have been any roaring because normally when I think of dinosaur noises, one of the first thing that comes to mind is like a ferocious T-Rex, like rah. That doesn't seem to even be on the option list here.
1: No, yeah, funnily enough, uh, what we can say about dinosaurs is that they probably did not roar. Um, Pretty much the only animals today that make an open mouth roar like that are the big cats like lions and tigers and bears. And these animals have a specially modified throat that allow them to do that, which dinosaurs didn't have. Uh, On the other hand, crocodiles and alligators can make a closed mouth growl or bellow, which can be quite loud and scary. So who knows, perhaps Tyrannosaurus could do something like that.
0: That's really interesting. So like a lot of the things that we've seen in films and things like that aren't quite technically right by the sounds of it, but we might have had closed mouth noises. That's when I'm getting the take home from this seems to be like, that was the most likely thing. Like I'm going to give it a go. So you said closed mouth, making mm. a noise a bit like a rumble. Mm. Do I give it a go? Go on then. All right.
1: Mm. Is that good? <laughs> That's very good. Quite sinister.
0: Quite sinister. Maybe I can do it more festively. And of course, everyone listening along at home, we want to hear your best closed mouth dinosaur noises. So mouth closed, make a rumble. Let's see if we can make it festive.
1: So let Maf say that. That's
0: good. <laughs> so we could have had a sort of closed-mouth carol concert from the dinosaurs, perhaps?
1: Yeah, more of a sort of rumbling. But
0: um <laughs> oh wow. Um on on that note, I've got another dinosaur joke for you. And this is quite, you know, quite relevant. What do you call a group of dinosaurs who can sing?
1: I don't know. What do you call a group of dinosaurs who can sing?
0: A chorus.
1: Ooh.
0: Is that any better? No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I'll tell you what, speaking of singing, let's get some music on. We will be back after this. Good morning. Welcome back to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio, where we are still talking about Christmas dinosaurs and we're joined by our paleontologist Frank Kieran. Hi Rosie. Hello. So I've got another Christmas dinosaur joke for you. What is (laughs) I really like this one. I hope you like this one. I hope this, oh wait, I don't want to build it up too much. Okay. What is a dinosaur's least favorite
1: reindeer? I don't know, what's the dinosaur's least favorite reindeer?
0: Comet. Oh, (laughs) hush! It's quite good though, isn't it? That is quite good. That's quite a good one. Okay, so we've been talking about Christmas dinosaurs in a very speculative way, thinking about some of the traditions that humans get up to around winter, Christmas time. And we've learned that they probably wouldn't go singing for caroling. They might've been making other types of noises, They definitely wouldn't have been roaring by the sounds of it. Um, Maybe not so much helping out a Christmas tree, but coping pretty well in the cold, snowy weather. The last Christmas tradition, and potentially one of the most important, I would like to discuss is wrapping presents. Because how are you at wrapping presents, Kieran? Are you very good at it?
1: Really, really bad. Like a chimp. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Do you know what? I think a chimpanzee would do a better job than me. I am absolutely atrocious at wrapping presents. They look like one year I actually did put them in tinfoil and it looked better than it would have done. I'm useless. So if we if you and I needed to, you know, assemble a team of dinosaurs to help us wrap presents. Famously, I know T-Rex had very small little arms, probably mm. T-Rex not going to be on the team. But I tell you what, you're the expert. Who would we recruit?
1: That's a good question. Okay, so dinosaurs wrapping presents. Um, well, most dinosaurs probably couldn't do a huge amount with their hands. They would have mostly used wow. their mouths to pick things up and um, do things like that. Um, the exception is probably the group called the Dromaeosaurs, and we mentioned them, I think, before. This is the group that includes Velociraptor, Deinonychus. Uh, they had flexible wrists, and maybe to help them grasp prey. Um, the oh. Dromaeosaur with the most amazing hands so far is Bambi Raptor.
0: Bambi Raptor. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a nice, cute little dromaeosaur. Um, and this little thing could hold things in its hands. It had a, a hand that could make a, a grip and it could bring them right up to its mouth.
0: Wow. The, it's
1: the only dinosaur we know of so far that could do that.
0: So, um, this dinosaur, Bambi Raptor, great name, by the way, whoever named Bambi Raptor, it could like move its wrists, unlike other dinosaurs, but usually would do that to eat things.
1: Yeah, or at least it made a, a closed grip with its hand and. and I bring them up. Um, so that's one that could maybe get a, a hold on the paper um, <laughs> uh, perhaps if we need one to help it out as uh, a dinosaur relative with the oldest known opposable thumbs and that's the little ter- uh, pterosaurs being the flying reptiles that were related to the dinosaurs um, there's a little pterosaur called Kumpengopterus but it's been nicknamed the monkey dactyl because that's got a opposable thumbs made little grasping hands um, and maybe it's little hands could help it climb trees, maybe even grab insects. So we could maybe get Bambi Raptor, Monkey Dactyl together wrapping the presents. Maybe dealing with the tape. Uh, then, if they needed something to cut the tape, they could call it a Therizinosaurus.
0: Oh wow! There's some good names for these t- dinosaur wrapping presents. Therizinosaurus.
1: Therizinosaurus. I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah. So it's, it's a great wow. name. It means scythe lizard. Uh, it was discovered in the Gobi Desert, and the reason for the name is it has these huge claws on its hand, up to half a meter long. Wow! Um, I think it's the largest hand claws of any land animal.
0: I'm thinking like Wolverine. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Big, thing uh, finger claws. Um, it's also a truly bizarre looking dinosaur. It's got a small head, a long neck, a pot belly, a short tail, and was probably covered in feathers, but it look really weird. And uh, some of its relatives would have looked even weirder, um, which brings us right back to Christmas. Uh, <laughs> weird relatives. The Therizinosaurus were um, herbivores. So the huge claws were probably used for gathering plants somehow. Uh, maybe defending themselves against predators. We don't really know.
0: Wow. And of course, you know, once December the 24th comes around, speed wrapping presence along with its dinosaur buddies.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So we've got right, so we've got a tag team there. We had um there was there was the dromaeosaur with the wrists that might be able to like get the paper around.
1: Yep, that was Bambi Raptor.
0: Oh, that was Bambi Raptor. Mm-hmm. And then there was a pterosaur with opposable thumbs so i guess that just means thumbs that can move around right
1: yeah so we've got opposable thumbs it helps us make a a grip with our hands Right. the the thumb is opposite the other fingers so it can close around things
0: okay cool so they could have helped hold the paper in place get the you know the tape ready and then the therizinosaurus would go cut the tape jobs are good and
1: there you go
0: amazing well who knew it that is a good team i i gotta say i would invite them around to help me with my wrapping and it would definitely look better than my current state of my presence um kieran i've been asking you a lot of um a lot of jokes i'm gonna turn the tables have you got any uh, good dinosaur jokes for us
1: um not quite a dinosaur joke but um i'm gonna see see how this goes um why can't you hear a pterodactyl going to the toilet
0: Hmm. Why? Oh, I don't know. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl going to the toilet?
1: Because the pee is silent.
0: Oh, that's a good one. That is very good. I mean, if you didn't have a good duck, di- well, it's not a dinosaur joke, is it? It's
1: not quite, no. Not
0: quite a dinosaur joke, but um, very, very good. Now, I think we're almost running out of time here this morning on Riverside Radio. Um, you've been absolutely brilliant, Kieran. Thank you so much. Christmas dinner, we're all looking forward to that there's nothing to do with dinosaurs about christmas dinner i'm guessing
1: well um, apart from the fact that most of us well many of us might be eating a dinosaur for christmas um, because birds of course are dinosaurs and whether you've got turkey or chicken or duck or goose then you'll be enjoying tucking into a tasty dinosaur for christmas dinner
0: Wow, how's that for real full circle? So that's that's because you yeah, have dinosaurs, most of them went extinct. Some of them survived and they've actually become what we know today and we call birds. They're like the great grandchildren of the dinosaurs, that's right, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, just the one group of dinosaurs made it through um, and uh, now they survive as ten thousand living species of birds. And uh, if you get any bones in your Christmas dinner, take the opportunity to examine them. You might actually notice how similar they are to the sorts of dinosaur bones you can see in museums.
0: I love the idea of parents all around the world listening to this show back going to their young ones. Don't even think about that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great idea. I know what I'm going to be doing once I've finished my Christmas dinner. Um, so for all of you out there that are enjoying turkey do- uh, turkey or goose or duck, or I'll be having chicken, I think, technically enjoy your dinosaur christmas dinner and that really is all we have time for kieran thank you so so much for joining us this morning on riverside radio you're welcome
1: Rose. it's been really fun
0: and i hope you enjoy the rest of the festive season you too and everyone stay tuned to riverside radio we've got loads more coming up this afternoon and a huge huge thank you to you all for your support over this year this is the very first year of the saturday splash we started in january 2022 So a huge thank you for your support, listening along, sending your lovely questions and your children into the studio, and for all our scientists and expert friends that have joined us. Thank you so, so much. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. (laughs)